Will gets the puck for Carrier. He gets stripped, taps the loose puck for Kessel. He scores! Kessel from below the goal line! Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Knights grab it on the right wing side. Smith to the point. Petrangelo scores! Set up by Riley Smith. Chevrolet, Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, and live at lbsportsnetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Sticks down, drop the puck, let's go. Face-off has put the hour number two underway. Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace, and it's uh, Sunglass Man, Chris Chapman, back in the Fox Sports Las Vegas studio. Go to the Twitter poll, Ryan the Hockey Guy, and uh, Chris Chapman has also tweeted it out. Have you tweeted it out, retweeted it, uh, Chapman, or are you too afraid to do that? No, I won't do that. I'll, Johnny Blue uh, Checkmark can do that. Uh, why, why aren't you going to do it, Chapman? Uh, yeah, Fine. Why, I Fine. You, you know what? I'll do it right now. You know what? You're going to yeah. stick it to us, and you're going to... Get that thing out It's there. retweeted. I retweeted. You know, it, 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 seeing as, again, seeing as Darren wanted this poll to exist, I, I think that Johnny Blue Checkmark should go there. And instead of just liking it, retweet it, Darren. It doesn't cost uh, you anything. I, I'm busy. I'm actually retweeting something you're, you're, uh, about the Chirp podcast right now. that I'm, try, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get. show that you're on right now. I'm trying to multitask, and I'm having trouble getting that thing done. So once I get that That's thing done, which is part of my job uh then i'll get into our our fun poll all right uh i'll make sure it happens but i also don't want to influence it because it comes from me and people know that i've said that i want them to just stay at home then it's going to skew the vote you you know how it is i'm a very influential person uh around the the hockey world uh we want to know whether chris chapman should stay home whether he should wear an eye patch or go with the sunglasses which he did last night as he attends tomorrow night's game against the tampa bay lightning because he's got a bit of a some kind of clogged oil duct in his uh, left foot or something like that, foot. causing a, <laughs> causing a, an, an eye problem. Uh, 2-1 win for Not the it. Vegas Golden Knights up against the San Jose Sharks. Uh, a couple of things to get to regarding that result is it's consecutive wins at home after mm-hmm. the All-Star break, uh, three consecutive wins at T-Mobile Arena overall, and they've evened their record inside the Pacific Division to 500. There's a lot to like about what's gone on recently. Sure, absolutely. The Golden Knights have been better of late on home ice. That's important because you know you've only got a handful of home games left. I believe 11 left uh, after last night's game for the Vegas Golden Knights at T-Mobile Arena. So you've got to try to maximize your points in that spot, and you've got some games coming up against the Pacific Division. You want to be better than 500 against your own division. When you're jockeying for position and trying to secure a playoff spot, a lot of those games in the Pacific are going to be incredibly important for the Golden Knights. You've you've got some big dates com- coming up against Calgary, big dates coming up uh, against the Seattle Crack, and you've want, you want to show well against your own division. And for the Golden Knights, that's trending in the right direction too. Do you think the hockey world owes the Pacific Division of the National Hockey League a gigantic apology? Uh, not yet. Not yet. Now, I will say this. If the Pacific Division, when all is said and done, you've got five teams. Because it's leaning the, that way right now. The Pacific Div- I, I know it's leaning that way, but it's not there yet. I, once that happens, if, if the Pacific has five teams eligible for the playoffs, then yes, I think that there is a collective 
we're sorry we thought you weren't as good collectively as a, as a division. I, I think that that is absolutely the right time to do it. But until that is official, I think anything can happen, and, and you're looking at uh, the potential where it's, it's even split four and four, and at that point, I, I don't think you owe I totally anything. agree with you. There should be flowers, there should be candy, there should be snacks, <laughs> and there should be cards and gift cards, like good gift cards to great stores. I prefer electronic stores mm. to the Pacific Division from the Metro, from the Atlantic, from the Central, and everybody else around the world because nobody thought that the Pacific Division would be an influential person uh, division in the National Hockey League postseason race. And right now they're challenging to put five teams in the Western Conference postseason. And just by that alone, and then you add in Seattle being in the mix, mm-hmm. Los Angeles continuing, and the the, the 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 club that's on the on the uh, real bubble right now is Calgary, which finished first overall. And and you're going against uh, a division that has produced a, a Stanley Cup champion last year uh, in the high flying uh, Colorado Avalanche. Uh, yeah, people underestimated the Pacific Division, and they should own up to it right now. Sure, I mean. They can do it right now, or they can do it when the Pacific has five teams in the playoffs, and you've got Connor McDavid going absolutely bananas uh, in the postseason. Like you, you can do it then, or you could do it now. I guess I would like it to happen now because I'm kind of hungry and I was excited about those snacks uh, coming forward. The Golden Knights have not scored a power play goal in the last twelve. That just by virtue of me bringing it up during the course of a four-game winning streak uh, lets you know how much attention uh, the power play is is getting. Uh, let's get into Bruce Cassidy, who's going to talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning and uh, and what they're going to face tomorrow night. By the way, Bruce Cassidy uh, knows the Tampa Bay Lightning very well, a longtime Eastern Conference coach. He knows John Cooper extremely well. He was going to be on John Cooper's Olympic team staff for the Canadian entry uh, at last year's Olympics before the National Hockey League was forced to withdraw from that. So there's a lot of knowledge uh, that uh, he uh, is aware of the Tampa Bay Lightning and vice versa on the way that uh, that uh, Bruce Cassidy coaches. So we'll we'll hear Bruce talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning, and then we'll get into uh, what we're seeing defensively from the Vegas Golden Knights and in between. A lot of talk about what he saw last night from the power play, because I, I didn't think it was that bad. I there's there's times where they had a lot of good chances and Kakinen came up with the big saves. It wasn't a momentum sucker, although there was some frustration in it. I didn't think it it caused a lot of uh, uh, angst to to sway the momentum during the game. Uh, but a lot of discussion in this media session with Bruce Cassidy about the power play. Chris Chapman was not in attendance today, so you won't hear him ask a question if you're wondering whether he was there with his sunglasses on. So let's go to Bruce Cassidy at Sydney. National Arena. Uh, obviously, at the Lightning coming into town tomorrow, is it exciting at kind of at this point of the year to have a team like that kind of test yourself against? Yeah, I mean, I know them very well, probably better than most. Um, you know, that's a championship group over there with a kind of champions mentality, and you know they play the right way and um, be a tough, tough game for us. But having said that, we've also seen you know ways that you can attack them and. Our game's pretty good right now, defensively especially. We're, we're scoring some goals, um, even without the benefit of, of the power play producing. So for us, we feel good about our game, uh, and I'm sure Coop feels good about his team's game. So, yeah, looking forward to it. What did Arizona do right to shut them out last game? 
Well, Ingram was unbelievable. I mean, I thought I watched majority of both their last two games. I thought the Colorado game, Vasilevsky kept them in at the first half of the game, and then they got going and their skill took over and got them back into it. Uh, the other night, um, Elliot played good for for Tampa as well. I mean, both goalies got a shutout, but I just thought they, you know, they were a much better, more explosive team and just ran into a hot goalie. <laughs> What do you like about um, Phil's game lately? Obviously, he's Chandler and Will. Well, it's typically he's playing with a little better pace all over the ice. Um, I think when you play more, you probably get a little more juice from that. That's I think that's normal. They seem to mesh. Uh, Will does a lot of the dirty work going to the front of the net. That you know, Phil needs to play with a player that'll do that. That's not his um, strength. His strength is more making plays. Um, getting it to the net than being in front. Yeah, he scored a couple goals from going there, so I think he's getting inside more. I think Craig and Misha have done a good job trying to encourage him to, to be that guy when it's his turn, so to speak. Yeah, I just think he's excited to play a little more with a guy like Stevie who has the puck a lot and hangs on to the puck. So that that's he plays better with those types of players, um, less so than the, the cycle and sports cycle and support. My, more guy that hang on to it so we can read off and get to an area and make you know be available for the next play. <clears throat> no, I asked about Chandler specifically with faceoffs yesterday, but when you're sending that line out with the goal last night, strategy going with that group, it seemed like it's more strong side for Chandler. Right? Yeah, that that you have Nick Wild out there can take it. You know, he can take it on the right dot. Stevie on the left, or if a guy gets thrown out, you still have a chance, even though it's his offside. Um, I like the fact that you know if a puck gets iced. Even though there's only 30 seconds left, I have the two centermen out in case it comes back into our end. Um, so that was the difference of flipping Phil for, for Nick. Uh, Nick's played in those situations a lot late in the game, so he should be rewarded for those. And, and just like if we were behind, I probably would have left Phil or, or more offensive guys out. So that was the thinking, is have two centermen in case something bad were to happen down in our end. <clears throat> Well, there's a lot right now. Um, you know, I don't think our pace of our power play is where it needs to be, quite frankly. And in the zone, we hold pucks too long, allows teams to rest and recover. Um, our, we're at our best when we have quick movement and a, and a play to the net and a puck recovery. Now, they're not able to rest and they're recovering, and who knows if they're going to recover to the to the right place. Whereas if you're holding on to the puck, they can recover both physically, like get their breath and, and sort out where their stick needs to be. So that's just a mindset we have to have. And we had it earlier this year, and we've had it on the occasional power play, and then it'll disappear the next one. So the guys that hang on to the puck just have to move it quicker and, and accept that. And the guys that are, don't have the puck have to move quicker to their spots to support it so we can move the puck quicker, right? So it's, it's, it's a group of five mentality. But usually the guy with the puck, if he's willing to move his feet or move the puck, now things could open up if they don't make a, a good read defensively. Uh, we, we showed video this morning of, we actually went back and showed mo pretty much all our ozone goals and trying to define what we are in the ozone. We're trying to make seam passes against teams that are set in their coverage, and we scored one in Montreal, I think. So we're not that team. So let's not keep being stubborn in practice so it translates in the game where we're throwing these seam passes 
It's not who we are. So let's get back to who we are, get it low to the goal line attack. Our best chance last night was Marshy coming off the goal line, Smitty getting the rebound. Nick Wad coming off a goal line, recover a puck. A puck went low to high and we came out behind the neck. Nick gives it, or a carrier gives it to Carly and he gets a shot blocked in front and then it rotates to Stevie and the goalie makes a great save. So there's two great saves, one on Smitty, one on Stevie, because we had a mindset of attacking the net, recover a puck, get them out of position. Those go in probably, you know I mean? You know what I mean? Like now all of a sudden you're two for seven just because you've you've done it the right way and now we're not talking about it. Um, Ozone power play, just you know our, our stubbornness to slow it down and try to throw it through three sticks through a scene. The players are too good, and and that's my disappointment with our group that when we continue to try to do that, when it's not available, it's not it's not available in practice. It's not available in the games. The players are too good. You have to break down seams by puck recovery, quick movement. That's when their sticks are out of position. That's when you get the nice plays. Rarely will you get an easy one like that. And I think we had one in Montreal this year. I'm not saying it was easy, but we hit a seam that was, that was wide that you just don't get against most teams. <clears throat> you're set up in your, in your base on the power player. Are you hoping for more shots instead of trying to get around? Well, we're, we're trying to create a shot by moving the puck around their box at first because they're set. All right. So now you've, you've moved it around. You're not. There's no risk in passing it around. Typically, you should be able to execute that, find the right shot, now converge to net, recover a puck. Now their feet are turned now towards their goaltender. Now they're not seeing what's going on. If you recover it quick, now you find the open guy. So it's a bit of a, you're shooting to set up the next play. Hopefully you're getting a good look where the, you know, the goalie can't control his rebound. It's an on-net situation. Um, and our guys are ready for it because we know, we've practiced it. Hey, you know, within... Shot clock in your head, six to eight seconds, it's going to the net. Let's make sure we converge. We know what's going there. It doesn't have to be a perfect shot. It doesn't have to be a wide open net, a precision sort of power play shot, just one that generates a chance to recover a puck. Now we outwork them. Now we make our skilled play. That, that's how our power play was working better earlier this year. Yet we made a few drop-off plays uh, through people that went in the net. Of course, we can do that periodically, but when we force that, our power play percentage is not nearly as good as it should be. <laughs> Want the same thing at five on five. Five on five is a little bit different. I think you can hold on to pucks longer and make sure that when you do put it to the net, you have a net presence. Um, then you're also volume shooting sometimes when it's low to high. You're just trying to get it through. I think on the power play when it's low to high, unless you have a clear lane, you want something better uh, to try to you know free up a, a better look closer to the net. So I wouldn't say it's the same. <clears throat> Depending this stretch, uh, how close is this to where you want to be or? Well, it's been excellent in this four games, and we have to be mindful. The teams we've played are not high-end, high-octane teams, so tomorrow's a great test for us, a team that scores. Has, and that's no disrespect to Nashville, many Anaheim, and, and San Jose. It's who they are right now. So, But part of the reason they haven't generated much is what we've done between the Blues. We have, we've managed pucks well. I don't remember a ton of odd man rushes. There was one in many. We jumped up, and it was 14 that got at Erickson Eck. It was a little bit of a forward and a D duplicating in the neutral zone. They get a two-on-one, we get the save. Other than that, there hasn't been a lot of those. Uh, they got behind us in Anaheim, was a block shot. So again, that's not a horrible decision. That's just a puck play. They make a block a shot and get going the other way. So for me, I think we've done a good job managing the puck and that's helped us defend better. Our breakouts are cleaner, so that's helped us defend better. What we've done with the puck has allowed us to play less defense, if that makes any sort of sense to you, right? We have the puck, so we don't have to defend. And now when we do have to defend, we have more energy because we're not running around at our end, and we can close off plays quicker. So that's what I've liked about our defending. 
Um, and, uh, you know, the fact that our, we're, we're closing quicker when we have to, because we have energy, we're not stuck in our end. Some of that even goes to shift length. The second period, we got away from it there, and our shift length wasn't good. Now we're spending more time in our end because one guy's coming off, so now we're trying to get a puck back with three and a half guys, so to speak, for checking, and the other guys are scrambling to get back in the zone. That's why the game got away from us. I don't say away from us. That's not fair. But why we didn't have the same... Uh, attack opportunities as we did in the first period because we were in between a lot with with our groups of five and and as a result they they you know probably had the puck more than we would have liked them to there is bruce cassidy as he uh, talks about the power play last night and the defending that has been in a really good place over the last four games coming out of the nhl bye week and the all-star festivities in south florida Uh, they're defending and what they've been able to do and is really really reminiscent of what we saw in the first 20 games of this season Mm -hmm. as far as the pressure that they or the amount that they rely on their goaltending yeah, I, they they haven't had to they haven't had to make Aiden Hill the reason why they've won a game. Now, Aiden Hill has come up with some big time saves. There have been some timely moments where Aiden has had to come through with something. But by and large, the Golden Knights have done a really good job of defending over the course of these four games. I, I would make maybe the argument that the biggest save that has impacted the outcome of a game by a goaltender was perhaps the the breakaway save that Aiden Hill made on Ryan Strom in Anaheim. That's the one that kind of comes front of mind for me. So in saying that, what you're getting is you're getting six defensemen, your top six defensemen back in the lineup, and they're making plays a little bit more efficiently, getting out of their own zone, kind of allowing some of the pressure that we've seen at times this season hem the Golden Knights into their own zone. It's not happening with as much consistency, and all of a sudden the Golden Knights have a little bit more energy in different facets of the game to either put forth uh, a little bit more on offense or just defend better and kill plays, as Bruce Cassidy talked about. The Strom breakaway was a rarity. Odd man rushes and two-on-ones are certainly uh, uh, not a very common occurrence against the Vegas Golden Knights. You could tell, though, the, the power play has caused some frustration, and he calls it a useless emotion. I agree with him. Uh, I would love to avoid frustration. I'm just uh, I'm mentally weak in that regard. Uh, I let it show, and uh, I wish it was better at, at that, but it's just a it's a reality with uh, with some people that, uh, that you see the frustration, and we heard some sticks banging against the boards last night because of what's going on, and uh, that probably – filters down to the coaching staff uh, with what they saw, and he's talking about the seam passes, and, and they want to make these seam passes, and those seam passes are amazing. They're beautiful, but it's really difficult to do against uh, against uh, certain defenses, and he said, that, like, they're not there, but we keep trying it, and that is uh, just, uh, it, it's causing that level of frustration uh, where it's like, why do you keep keep trying that and they had more uh, conversation today they were working on the power play at the start of practice uh, today on on the fresh ice and and working on a couple of approaches uh, with the power play and nothing was was even close to uh, making those cross ice passes that we see down the royal road which is along the hash marks uh, stretched east east and west uh, board to board uh, in 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 the zone Uh, but a lot of just getting the puck to the zone i like the down play wrap it or or go uh, across the crease, uh, that side of it, uh, get it to the point, throw it on net. Uh, we've seen some some real good uh, 
results when it comes to just uh, getting the puck to the net. It's simple. Uh, that's my go-to. I'll rely on it forever. But there's uh, there's a couple of cases. I also, uh, when it talks about uh, slowing the game down, that internal clock uh, where you get up to, to six seconds, you better get that puck to the net. I love that philosophy, that idea, mm-hmm. where if it's on your stick uh, for five, six seconds, get like all you're doing right now that at that point is really allowing the other team to set up so you got to be able to keep it moving and keep it going uh the one time option is is certainly not as prevalent as everybody would like uh i i i think with Jack Eichel, he's got a great one-timer. I'd like to see it more. It, it, he actually took one last night, uh, which mm-hmm. which I thought was was real progress. I want to see it more. Or or uh, Jonathan Marshall. Those, those are certain areas where where uh, even if you don't score on that, uh, it makes the other team just have to adjust. Now, uh, I will say on on the Jack front, uh, they really pressure his position. Uh, on mm-hmm. the power play when he's on his one-time uh, spot. They are all over him. Almost, it's not the same as Ovi, but they, he barely has any time to, to get that shot off. Or, or uh, he's got to back off when he does get the puck to allow himself some extra room. So I understand why it's slowed down uh, when, when Jack gets the puck. I do get it uh, because they're... they're really cheating so far over to Eichel's side uh, on on the left wing. But if you're able to get something down low up top uh, and, and get the puck to the net, it forces the defenders on the penalty kill to collapse a little bit more, which is going to, again, result in the yin-yang of this, uh, of a little bit more time and space for Jack. Yeah, you're right on the money there. And for the Golden Knights, it's it's going to really be about kind of moving the puck a little bit faster, simplifying and getting it to the front of the net. And that's really kind of where it needs to be. You've you've got guys that are going to be able to get to the front of the net uh, on the power play. You you've got to outwork the opposition in those spots. And you know, right now, I I think that if you know the, the seams aren't there, if they're not there. Work it down low, get it to the front of the net, and try to overload one, get a, a greasy one, and then all of a sudden, maybe that opens up some other stuff that you can that you can utilize. I was encouraged by Jack Eichel's willingness to to throw the one timer on net. It just, as you mentioned, didn't really have much of an avenue to do it. So you need the rest of your power play to kind of open up different options so that that becomes a weapon you could utilize. They are a big point shot team uh, on the power play. Love the wall, love it down low. Uh, and that's exhibited. Uh, just a little bit of a breakdown on, on their power play distribution last night. Uh, Petrangelo had a shot, and we we also saw Shea Theodore with a shot. Every other attempt on that, and those those are their two power play guys. Uh, so two shots out of uh, 16 were from defensemen. The the rest, the, the other 14 were from forwards. That doesn't surprise me at all based on uh, how they structure their power play and that defenseman uh, up top is much more of a distributor than it is any type of uh, of, of shot or, or try to get it through. Now, you're, you're still able to to give that uh, uh, a try, and, and that goes with the, the Eichel conversation of you give it a shot every now and then. Uh, we know Shea Theodore is great at getting pucks through. It's one of the great strengths of Alex Petrangelo over the course of his uh, longtime National Hockey League career. But others, when it comes to power play shots last night, uh, Eichel had a pair. Uh, Nick Waugh had three. 
And these are the uh, the higher side. Uh, Chandler Stevenson had a couple. Uh, Carrier had two, and Carlson had had two. So that's uh, that that's pretty um, wide ranging. Uh, a lot of opportunities. Uh, but but Eichel, you've got seven power plays. I'd like to see more than two shots uh, from mm-hmm. from from Jack over the course of seven chances, uh, given that he's your most uh, dangerous shooter. Uh, only one shot for Riley Smith last night in those seven power plays. That's surprising to me that that mm-hmm. he was uh, he was limited uh, to to only uh, the the one shot. Michael Amadio has played great lately. He might be a guy uh, who's feeling it a little bit. Uh, Carrier with with a couple of shots. So you you see the uh, opportunities that that were available in those fourteen minutes of a sixty minute game where Vegas had the man advantage. There was no overlaps. Uh, there was no five on threes. There was no uh, four on fours uh, over the the case, which is unusual given uh, given all the the chances. Uh, to the point where uh, San Jose was pretty frustrated last night. Um, there was yeah. an abuse of an official call uh, made in the in the final. Well, after they scored the the two on goal by William Carrier uh, last night, where they and and I I thought. The penalties were warranted. Like there's a lot of stick fouls last night. Uh, it was it, more of a no-brainer. But I can see how how uh, uh, San Jose having to defend their they're already up against it, having to defend that uh, that so much last night. Yeah, it, it was interesting in that like you don't usually see seven power plays no. for one team to just one power play on the other side. And I think it, it, probably more than anything, the the Sharks were thinking that they were going to stop, the the power plays were going to stop for the Golden Knights, or they would get a couple more looks themselves on the man advantage. It, it It's one of those things. But, you know, every penalty that the Sharks took was a penalty. Well, and I, I was shocked. The, when when they had five power plays after two periods, Vegas, Yeah, yeah. I was blown away that they got another couple in, in the third yeah, period. I, I thought it was going to start was evening too. out. And, and when it got to that stage, I'm like, whoa, we – like, we – this is going to come back, and uh, there's going to the marbles are going to even out uh, in the pocket where the referees keep yep. track of uh, of power plays. And uh, what what if it ends up being a five on three for San Jose and it evens out? That 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 was sort of my main concern in in the back uh, ten minutes of the game. For sure, because if you're looking at a situation where the Golden Knights are 0 for 7 on the power play and you lose a two one game to San Jose because they scored a power play goal and they're one for two. It's a completely different conversation that we're having today. Yeah, we're talking about it a lot, and they won. Yeah, I know. Can you imagine uh, how how dramatic uh, that discussion would have been? But I, I watched them today. I know that Bruce is is on them uh, tomorrow night against Tampa Bay. Uh, you, if you're going to beat Tampa Bay, uh, you got to take advantage of of some power play opportunities, and they're mm-hmm. they're in a drought right now. Twenty-one straight, they haven't scored. Yeah, like it's yep. it's never happened before that they've gone this far uh, without uh, without scoring uh, on a power play uh, with with twenty-one straight. Tomorrow night's a pretty good time. You can get away with it. They did get away with it against San Jose, against Anaheim. Uh, go back uh, Minnesota and, and and Nashville, but you can't let opportunities against one of the best teams in the National Hockey League in a measuring stick game. And I look at tomorrow night 
as one of those measuring stick games. Uh, Tampa's going to have a couple of days off. Uh, they, they're on a four-game road trip. They're 2-0-1 on the road trip. And the one game that they, they lost in in a shootout, they badly outplayed the uh, Arizona Coyotes. So uh, they're, they're playing pretty well right now. Uh, tomorrow night's a, a great uh, opportunity to see where Vegas is offensively defensively and see what kind of progress they make on the uh, the special teams. Uh, we got one-timers coming up. A news notes from around the National Hockey League. There is a juicy story out of Calgary that involves uh, everybody's favorite agent in Alan Walsh. I yep. hope Alan's not listening, uh, but I do know that people tell Alan what I say on the radio, so I do expect to get a phone call or a text from Alan in the next segment telling me uh, what I should be saying and what uh, how disappointed he is about what I'm saying. Uh, but uh, you'll have to stick around for that because uh, I don't even have to say anything about it today. Uh, all the participants about Alan's latest tweet uh, uh, had their say. Uh, we'll get into it on one-timers, but let's give away some uh, tickets. One set of tickets to see the Dallas Stars play the Vegas Golden Knights on the 25th. So it's a week tomorrow night, and you can be at that game if you are which caller, Ryan? Seven. Caller number seven to 702-876-1340. Caller number seven, and we'll set you up with tickets to the VGK against the Dallas Stars. One-timers, news notes from around the National Hockey League, coming up on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insider Show. All right, here's one for you. Walking through the lobby at City National Arena. I am uh, right now at Studio 31 uh, over in Summerlin, and it is jammed in the lobby. Both rinks rocking. As the Pacific Girls Hockey League uh, Championships uh, playoffs are underway, uh, 12U through 19U, and uh, some great hockey going on and all kinds of enthusiasm. Uh, Lifeguard Arena as well uh, in Henderson uh, with with the games, and uh, it's just uh, so cool to see all the enthusiasm and hockey in the desert uh, doing so well. So this is uh, teams from uh, uh, obviously Nevada and uh, California all coming together, and uh, I'm, I'm I'm. told that the uh, 12 U's for the Vegas Junior Golden Knights uh, have a 1-0 lead over the Lady Blue Devils uh, Madison Turner with the goal so good job Maddie Uh, getting it done uh, rooting it on and uh, we were talking about it with uh, Bruce Cassidy earlier today at the start of his press conference uh, because uh, his his daughter's involved in this weekend's championship playoff so uh, both uh, all four rinks Hopping. So if you want to see some great hockey in the Pacific Girls Hockey League Championship playoffs, uh, it'll be happening both at uh, City National Arena and at Lifeguard Arena all weekend long. Uh, update the poll for us uh, before we get into the juiciest story of the day. Uh, the poll regarding Chris Chapman's use of the sunglasses in the press box yeah. and the post-game uh, media conference last night. Chapman is as we stand here right now justified 41 percent say wear the sunglasses 34 percent say wear an eye patch and only 25 percent say stay at home so chris chapman you are vindicated buddy yeah by a small margin that's that's pretty divided listen uh, there Uh, still vindication you have a poll majority wins 
Doesn't matter by if how much. If you wanted to sway it, you could just retweet it. That's all I'm saying. I'm busy right now doing one-timers. Uh, Cam Thank Ward you. inducted into the Carolina Hurricanes Hall of Fame. That's kind of cool. Remember uh, when he won I the Stanley Cup as a rookie back in 2006? You guys were young. I do remember that, though. One, I, uh, I wasn't Ward. that That's young. awesome. Yeah, I think that he was he was a big it was the first uh, one of the first sticks that uh, that I bought at a uh, at a charity auction uh, one of those composite sticks uh, still have it then I found out that the the handle on it the shaft was, was broken I'm like darn it I, I'm gonna bust this thing but uh, Wardo a good Western Canadian boy and uh, and uh, a, a, a rookie won the Stanley Cup back in 2006 and uh, finished his career with the Chicago Blackhawks the Carolina Hurricanes faced the Washington Capitals in the Stadium Series uh, tomorrow night, and it's a night game at the Stadium Series. I think it's going to be pretty cool with all the all the tailgating that's going to happen out in Raleigh. I think it's going to be an absolute scene. I I am looking forward to it for sure. I, you know, it's always fun with the outdoor games to see the practice the day before and to get a, a real feel for what the units are going to look like on uh, on the ice. So, um, I. There wasn't a lot kind of pushing me in the direction of, of wanting to seek this one out or seeking this one out, considering the fact that we've got a game ourselves tomorrow. But uh, I'm going to definitely do my best to get uh, to get my eyes on this one because I'm, I'm starting to get a little bit more excited for it. So here's a question. Why all the uh, 7.30 games tonight or tomorrow night in the uh, Pacific time zone? There's three of them. I don't know. That's really unusual on, on any night. Uh, especially a Saturday, and, and in the case of Vegas, they're playing an Eastern mm-hmm. East Coast team. So it, it there's something there, something is influencing it. I don't know whether it's the Stadium Series game because they expect that yeah. that thing could go uh, a little bit long, and they're protecting that window. Uh, but uh, it's bizarre to have three uh, 7:30 Pacific starts uh, tomorrow night. Uh, some injury news: Jake DeBrusque is slated to return to the Boston Bruins lineup tomorrow. Jack Hughes. Uh, we think we'll be back on the ice for the New Jersey Devils and in uniform. The juiciest story of the day involves the Calgary Flames, who lost again last night, uh, fell to the Detroit Red Wings as they got a uh, trip podcast bump. Uh, Derek uh, Lalonde was on with me earlier this week, and they swept the Western Canadian uh, road trip. Uh, so Calgary loses, and Jonathan Huberto, the Calgary Flames star forward wakes up to a bunch of messages on his phone uh, responding to the fact that his agent, Alan Walsh, put out a tweet mm-hmm. that yep. basically said nobody's happening in, in Calgary. And uh, he's taken Daryl Sutter's. <laughs> he didn't mention Daryl by name, but he did yeah, say got- along the lines that uh, that nobody's having any fun. And the yeah. uh, definition of insanity is doing the same thing yeah. over and over uh, again. Yeah, I got the tweet, as you mentioned, Darren. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Also, negativity sucks the joy right out of players. CC at NHL Flames. Wow. Uh, Shot across the bat. Now, Vegas Golden Knight fans, very familiar with (laughs) Alan Walsh. Uh, Alan and I, uh, Alan and I have been friendly at times. Alan and I have had uh, adversarial moments uh, during the course of our time uh, in and around the National Hockey League, covering it. Uh, I've had great conversations with Alan. I thought he was just uh, 
terribly wrong uh, with the way he handled things uh, with with the Vegas Golden Knights during the bubble and the goaltending situation. Uh, and in this case, uh, with a star player and and calling out the head coach, basically is is what he's doing. Uh, I, I think that puts Jonathan Huberto in a really tough spot. Huberto said he didn't know anything about it. Woke up to this on his phone uh, and added, he talked to Alan Walsh today. He phoned him and said it's it's not going to happen. Gave him a call when I saw it, and I don't want that to happen. So I think that's a pretty strong statement from Jonathan Huberto, and I give him a, a huge round of applause for standing up to that. I, I'm right there with you. I, I did not know that, that wrinkle of it. And for Jonathan Huberto, like, this is a guy that, that's on a brand-new team that you signed a gigantic contract that was a key piece in the Matthew Kachuk trade and is a big part of the Calgary Flames moving forward. And it's been a harder year. It's been a tough year. It's the adjustment take time. And, you know, to, to make the situation, to me, more untenable, more difficult for Jonathan Huberdeau, uh, isn't necessarily doing his client any favors. And I like the fact that Huberdeau said, you know what, I don't want anything to do with this. I didn't know about it. Um, and, and it's not going to continue moving forward. I, I appreciate that from the player for sure. You know, Huberto said, uh, it didn't come from me. Yeah, he's my agent, but that's from him. Uh, we are all frustrated. Uh, it's his account. He made the tweet. So uh, that's, uh, that's uh, strong. As for Daryl, if you're wondering about Daryl Sutter, uh, one of the more entertaining uh, uh, podium uh, offerings in the National Hockey League on a nightly basis, uh, he basically said, it's from the agent. All right, he has nothing to do with the team. We're a tight group. Mm-hmm. They totally blew it off. They didn't give it any uh, standing at all, which was uh, uh, pretty cool. Uh, well, first of all, he was asked about it. He went, mm-hmm. tweet? <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite part. It <laughs> was, was coy uh, with that like, tweet. <laughs> and he knew he knew all about it. Yeah. Daryl's not yeah. uh, uh, with his head in the sand. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, did you see the tweet? Tweet? Yeah, tweet. That's uh-huh. my favorite part. Uh, what are you talking about? Uh, uh, good stuff uh, from Daryl. Those are your one-timers for this Friday, February. We've got tickets. One more set of tickets to give away for the Dallas-Vegas game. Caller number 16 to 702-876-1340. Caller number 16. Uh, you will win two tickets to the February 25th game a week from Saturday at T-Mobile Arena. Catching up with Chapman next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. <laughs> When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. So, should remind people we will not have a show on Monday because it's President's Day. And lucky me, I get to spend my President's Day doing something everybody loves, and that's moving. I don't know if there's anything worse than moving. Looking for a job sucks, but moving might be worse because you have to spend all that time looking for a place to live and filling out applications and then packing everything up. And then you have to do the inevitable of asking one of your buddies to help you move. Who do you ask? Jared. Jared. going to help you? Jared is going to help me move. Wow. No way. Yeah. That's a yeah. Good guy. Yeah, he is. Love that Jared Justice. Yes, Jared Justice is going to help me move. I told him we, we, most things I can handle with my son but our mattress is one of those tempur mattresses and it weighs a ton 
So there's no way me and me and Kingston could move it on our own. So Jared's going to help us. And then I have a uh, um, a a large uh, couch that I'm nervous is not going to fit up the you stairs in my new is, place. Is is Jared's got a VW Beetle, a bug? Well, I, I don't know I, how you're going to get that in I, his in his Beetle. I rented a a. Uh, a U-Haul. So, oh, you did. Okay. Yes, yes. No, we're not. We're not putting the mattress on the top of Jared's car, which actually oh, wow. I believe oh, okay. uh, used to belong yeah, used to, to be someone else. Who? Yeah. Yeah, it used to be mine. Really? You it sold Jared your car? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Nice. Um, he wanted to buy it. I wasn't using it. Seemed like it was a favorable transaction for everybody. Yeah, money in your pocket. Jared has wheels. That's yep. outstanding. When I met Jared, he he used to drive a Saab. You don't see too many of those around anymore. Those are great winter cars. He's a, he's a car guy. Yeah, he he's likes a, he's cars. A car guy. Yeah, uh, I like I like those. Uh, big fan of those. Why didn't you ask uh, Wallace or I to help you move? Well, because Wallace lives very far away. Well, he can come in, and it's a day off, and it's a day off. And I know, I know, yeah. you, you and you and Ryan do not get a lot of days off over the course of the season, like. Well, you could have asked. Well, I could have, but I... Yeah, I, I there's no way I was going to help anyway. you. I, know. I wasn't going to I I was was say yes. Anyway. No, I know. I know. But the thing is, you know, we, you guys have to work on Tuesday. I don't because... I'll be in Chicago uh, yeah. on, on Monday. So we're, we're, so we're, both of you have, have to work. I have the day off. So for yeah. me, it's, it's you know, I, I wouldn't ask you guys. Your days off are valuable. So. We, we fly to Chicago for the uh, Tuesday game uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights against the Blackhawks. So I couldn't help you anyway. On Monday? But, uh, we, uh, we, yeah. Yeah, on Monday for the Tuesday game. Do you have a Do you have a pizza place in Chicago that you go to? Uh, no, but we are going out for pizza on Monday night. Nice. I don't know where. Uh, update the fourteen U VGK uh, Junior Girls uh, team two two after one against the Madison squad and uh, Maddie Turner with a couple of goals in that one. Uh, that's 2-2 two, two nice. after one. The 12U VGK uh, girls team underway against the Storm in their first game of the playoffs in the Pacific Girls Hockey League postseason. So underway at Lifeguard and at City National Arena. Tomorrow, Tampa, Vegas. See you then.